Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. I'm Caleb. I'm Chris. <laughs> I jumped right in on that one. Yeah, he's trying to beat me with a punch. All right. uh, uh, welcome, welcome. A little bit welcome. of a clean switch. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Oh, that was a great song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that this week we have a Nick pick. Nick's I do picks. have a pick this week. I thought long and hard about this. And thought my pick was going to be uh, a soundtrack that would be easy to find. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. This is the soundtrack to Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another sitting ovation. Yeah. Hi, Mom. Um, I had trouble finding this. Uh, it's yeah. not available digitally anywhere. Caleb, Caleb tracked it down. And yeah. Caleb, like with his dark web <laughs> soundtrack powers... <laughs> Found it's, it's still on the Silk Road, everybody. <laughs> I mean, there is a there is a spy joke there somewhere. He's a man of mystery. It's hard <laughs> to track down. Yeah. Pretty great soundtrack. Um, I don't think that I own this soundtrack. I definitely own the soundtrack to The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah. The sequel. I, I believe I did as well. Um, they're, both are sitting in a jewel case somewhere, I think. Oh. I definitely I remember borrowing this from a friend of mine. So I remember like it was... It was a soundtrack that people owned. I, yeah. I don't know why it got disappeared. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's so hard to find. But um, yeah, it came out in 1997. Uh, this movie was huge when it came out. I remember seeing it in the theater when I was in yeah. uh, probably sixth really? or seventh grade. I thought grade. that it was that it was like a cult like sleeper hit. It, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, mean, have, I would have to see the theater numbers, but I remember that the sequels made like way more money. I think they did. I remember I did not see it in theaters, but my dad took my sister. He's like, oh, Mike Myers looks silly and like didn't know. It's like it's a pretty racy PG-13 movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. she was six or seven oh, when no. she saw it. And I remember like uh, like intercepting them at like the front door after they went to the theater. And like Kara was like laughing like she's like it was great there were like girls with like guns on their boobies and my dad was like yeah i'm gonna have to, gonna have to not tell mom about this <laughs> yeah dad it's not, 13 is in the description it's yeah, PG-13. No, it's, he's like yeah, it's my it's built in it's right there it's snl come on it's funny this might also be the longest soundtrack that we have covered so far this uh, is a 17 track nice. soundtrack nice buckle yeah. up everybody yeah we're going deep <laughs> I've got a cold, and it's going to be a long night. This is part one of Austin Powers' soundtrack. All right, well, let's not waste any more time. Yeah, yeah baby. Let's get into it. Track one is Edwin Collins with The Magic Piper of Love. time we've had Edwin Collins on the soundtrack. Uh, it's not going to be the last, though. Yeah. Uh, famously had a song on the Empire Records soundtrack, which became a pretty big hit. Ooh, um, teaser. Yeah. Is that a teasing? That's, yeah, I'm teasing. <laughs> We're definitely going to do that soundtrack. It's a great yeah. soundtrack. He was the singer of the uh, post-punk band Orange Juice. Ah, great band. Yeah. Which is uh, Scottish post-punk. Yeah, oh. that song Rip It Up, you guys remember... Yeah, that's one of my favorites. 
<laughs> really great. Featured in the, uh, I believe, the Ingrid Goes West uh, soundtrack. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Recently. Very yeah. cool. Love that movie. Shout out. Ingrid Goes West. Yeah. Yeah, Edwin Collins, he definitely, like, uh, when he went solo, reinvented himself a little bit and like that. It's like a British crooner thing that we're not really privy to that had like a revival. Um, so what year are we talking? Are we talking seventies? Uh, the original, the original like uh, British crooner thing happened in the seventies, I think. It's yeah. kind of like a uh, maybe closest related to like a Tom Jones or, uh, but it's like a little bit swingy, but also like kind of band with a band behind you. Yeah. Um, some real white people shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it came back in the 90s and that kind of seeped over. Uh, yeah, there was some documentary that came out about, yeah, uh, like he got sick and um, went through some kind of rehab. And the documentary is called The Possibilities Are Endless. And it's about him coming back into music. And I think he's still kicking around. Oh, wow. Making music. So. All right. If anyone's seen that movie, uh, please let us know how it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, again, I want to say that Orange Juice is awesome. Everybody should listen to Orange Juice. Yeah. Edwin, what's his name? Edwin Collins. Yes. Yeah, 1980s post-punk. One of our favorites. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move. We gotta. We gotta get moving. Yeah. 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 yeah we, we gotta, gotta hurry up. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <guys. laughs> track, track two. Track two. Ming T with the song BBC. Yeah. Okay. Mrs. Will ya make me tea? Make love to me. Put on the telly to the BBC to the BBC. Yeah, now that's uh, BBC one, BBC two, BBC three, <laughs> BBC four. Oh, yeah. You guys know anything about Ming T? I think we all know. I, I yeah, think yeah. we all know well, everything about this band. Yeah. Yeah. This is Chris. Mike. Chris, what's your Ming T? This is Mike Myers' fake band post SNL that inspired. His character in the band was like Austin Powers. Yeah. And it, it was, inspired the movie. His wife was like, you should write a movie. He was like, should I? And his like, bandmate uh, in Ming T was... Well, there's um, Matthew Sweet, who, yeah. who has appeared on the podcast before. And? Um, the woman from The Bangles. There we go. Hoff? Susanna Hoff. Susanna yeah, Hoff, yeah, okay. Yeah. Who is uh, married to Jay Roach, the director of Austin Powers. There we go. And many, many other uh, comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and their band, this fake band, plays over the outro credits to the movie, if you remember. Yes. And I remember, like, this had its own music video and everything like that, too. Um, it was a good song. I remember digging it. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. And, like, thinking it was a real song. I mean, I guess it is a real song, but. I no, think, no, that's a fake uh, song. That's <laughs> a, like, yeah, a fake song. <laughs> somebody has said this before, I think, or maybe I'm paraphrasing, that uh, all comedians want to be musicians and all musicians want to be comedians. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's definitely a thing, like, we've talked about Heidecker before, where it's like, comedians making like joke songs with joke bands but they're like not really, really that actually. funny you can tell they they're like oh i kind of just want to make a good song but i don't want to be earnest yeah. and people will like judge me for it <laughs> yeah. i feel like this is this is in that so it's like oh if i'm in character then i can like i can like be a lead singer and feel comfortable in it i don't know well, it's like I, I i completely agree with you 100 percent, caleb but um it, there's a funny thing too, like uh, Ricky Gervais as his uh, office character. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. What's his character name in the office? <laughs> I can't Denver. remember. Uh, like for the Christmas special, he comes back and has released a CD 
and it's like you can tell he genuinely like tried hard to make the music good and like that's even funnier. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's so much better if like, it's not just overtly shitty. It's like, Oh man, like he, you know, Ricky Gervais really tried this. And like, it makes it so much more special to me. Like even like his poetry in that you're like, all right. So if we're, if we're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of comedians cutting albums, we got, uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, of course. And he, dude, okay, so he was like, he went so hard into it, but he's like, but if it's terrible, I'll just say it was a joke. So, and then I could do another stand-up special. I think that one song is like, Party All the Time's okay. It's Party All the Time's great. The Heidecker and Wood album, Heidecker, where people don't know Heidecker if it's real or fake, like, what is going <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> um, uh, Dan Aykroyd playing a harmonica. Yeah, this is the traveling blues brother. <laughs> I mean, this kind of got me thinking about like parody bands and movies over the years, and um, that band Autobahn and Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, that's the fake band, (laughs) which has Flea in it, right? Yeah, it's it's Flea and uh, like Amy Mann. Yeah, Amy Mann and uh, shout out to a previous episode. Oh yeah, she's the one who cut off her toe, right? Yeah, Yeah. she's one of the girlfriends. (laughs) Yeah, which is like, and Autobahn was basically Sprockets. Which is it's basically making fun. It's like an homage to Kraftwerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is. (laughs) So Mike Myers was doing that like Sprockets character right. in like like way pre SNL. He had like three characters he's done forever, and it's Wayne's World, a Scottish guy, like any <laughs> Scottish guy, and the Sprockets guy. Oh, okay. And he's been doing those since he was like seventeen in right. uh, in Canada. It's oh, wild. interesting. Yeah. One of the funniest parts about the Austin Powers thing is that. Um, you know, Doctor Evil is basically like a Lauren Michaels adaptation oh, yeah, that he apparently like copped from Dana Carvey. So yeah, I mean, what do you know? Chris is the comedian. Huh? So I don't <laughs> doubt that Dana Carvey would do Lauren. Well, that's know, the thing is that like every, everyone on the show but does. Everyone does Lauren. Everybody, yeah, it's famous mm-hmm. that everybody does their version of Lauren if, <laughs> yeah. once they're in the cast. That's just, yeah. and it's you know, if you've ever worked anywhere, I I've, I've done an impression of every single boss that I've worked for. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just what you do. It's everybody. It's been every comedy person's boss. Like you don't think everyone has a Lauren impression, and yeah. like I think Bill Hader was saying, like even like the. Like the sound guys yeah, are like, yeah. oh, I saw Lauren earlier who's like, well, you know, but, but Scott, yeah. but I bet, I mean, it's a lot of things with like impressionism is, uh, like you're, you don't quite do an impression of somebody yeah, until you, you, somebody unlocks it. Somebody yeah, figures the, it out. The handle or whatever they call it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. so he might like, he might not have had like the perfect uh, Lauren impression and then so he's probably he probably is doing Dana Carvey's impression of Lauren Michaels which is what right. almost every impressionist does yeah. it's like they're doing somebody else's Nick Cage or yeah. they're doing somebody else's Carvey uh, talked about it on Stern and seems to like not be upset by it he's like you know you see it's whatever you know. Carvey's, Carvey's cool man, man. I think yeah. they're like all friends I don't I think, think so yeah, yeah. I'm surprised good. Carvey's not more jaded than he is but I think he's like you know he had his day in the sun, but didn't really have a good movie career nor TV career. It's all about fake bands. we got to start a fake bands. I can't be mad at, at Myers for putting this on. Like, if you create a fake band and it inspires you to write a script and then you make a movie, yeah. then you gotta you got to do a song on that soundtrack. That's great. Yeah, of course. What was, when was Henry Rollins' fake band? Because he's a comedian and he's right. He's a black flag. <laughs> that was just yeah, a man. parody what band. A, what a, what a joke! <laughs> I know, just... 
Oh, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. and let's take a peek here at track three. This is Strawberry Alarm Clock with Incense and Peppermints. Turn on, tune in, turn your eyes around. Look at your song, look at your song, yeah, yeah. Look at your song, look at your song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune her by the cock this is their uh, biggest hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this is. Um, I actually really like this song for what it is. It, it was a number one uh, Billboard chart. Well, this is thing. like, um, you know, in the age of you have like, uh, and I didn't even look into it, but I assume this was written by like a songwriting duo or whatever. This is like in the age where you have people like, this is like a middle-aged uh record executive's idea of what like psychedelic yeah. <laughs> it's like you know you take acid and you're all like incense peppermint yeah. <laughs> this was another band that had trouble hanging on the members yeah yeah um, yeah i did look up this one a little how bit many, how many members caleb would you say that strawberry alarm <laughs> clock has had over the years if you had to if you had to take a guess well this is like when steph asked me like how much she she thinks uh, she paid for something she's like hey i, I got this sweater how much you think i paid <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, I mean, now that you're at the yeah, fact you're that you're asking, asking me, so if I say five dollars, you're gonna be like, it was seven fifty. I'm gonna they, say seventeen. They, that seems to be the number. Uh, realistically, I will say fourteen. Uh, Starberry Alarm Clock has had twenty-one different members <laughs> over go. the years, right, right. Uh, and eight or so of those are guitarists. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I just love this idea of this band named Strawberry Alarm Clock. Like, can't, can't hold on to a guitarist. It's a slippery slope. Well, so it was. Two, it was like two other bands that uh, joined. I believe this was the San Francisco like kind of pop psych. Uh, but this is literally like <laughs> when people. Yeah. It's essentially like a novelty group based on the idea that like, oh, psychedelics are something people like kids are interested in this month. Yeah. <laughs> but, didn't realize that uh, it would be microdosing 40 years later, 50, <laughs> 80, how long ago was this? Yeah. 50. Um, I will say uh, <laughs> there was like something I, something I read on the Wikipedia blurb, that, like um, a lot of their like previous songs and like in parentheses was like which have been lost <laughs> like, oh. were like supposed to be in. Like, what is going on like oh man we forgot to record man oh, <laughs> always record yeah it's totally space man um, yeah hit number one in 1967 which yeah, is pretty yeah. great and like yeah, it's the quintessential like. Dude, it's, it's a perfect song to have on the soundtrack because it's, it's a like, short song too, two minutes forty eight seconds. Yeah, because it's, a, it's, it's a pop song. It's a it's like a corporate pop song. Radio play, man. Pure corporate. It was but also- this is this is like funny and also still kind of good, which is why like, for like I I'm probably going to be saying this a lot during the soundtrack, but the soundtrack is a lot better than it should be. <laughs> yeah, for, no, like, I mean, like for. For kind of a period comedy, like goofy movie, like a lot of these songs are really good. Yeah, I mean, it was about like you know somebody from the '60s coming to today. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, let's take every good song." It was a big, you know, budget comedy with Mike Myers. I don't know. think it was a, a big budget as you think. I think that the first one was like pretty modest, pretty low budget. Okay. Um, one of the funny things I'll just talk about it now is that I remember. Uh, the Austin Powers like outfit that he's wearing yeah, seems yeah. like completely ridiculous, and you're like, oh, this must just be some sort of like invent. But no, George Lazenby 
in the Bond movie and uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service wears like the exact same outfit. <laughs> you told me that fact, and I was, it, it blew my mind. He's wearing also like a kilt underneath. Yeah, at one yeah. point. <laughs> it's that same fluffy like ruffle, like um, you know, coming out of his blue suede jacket. And that movie was it's one like of that prank, was one of the yeah. most uh, serious Bond movies of the time because yeah. it's like that so, was the long like uh, still based on the on the novels. Right. Oh man, um, Arthur, okay, Conan, Arthur Conan Doyle, right? <laughs> Ian, no. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, George Lazenby for you listeners out there. He was the one hit it and quit it Bond. <laughs> yeah. And you you told me it was like because you th- uh, he must have thought like ah oh, this is seventies was the time of like rebellion and and Bond is like the man he's working for the man. That's the story, but also he he was like a a model who had never acted before. He got hired. He did one, and then I think they I think he was basically like a bargaining chip to get Connery to come back for a couple movies. Yes, yes, yes. So he yes, was yes. like, oh, I didn't feel I was like part of counterculture. I didn't want to do any more Bond movies. I think they just got Connery back. That's an easy out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys, were, do you have like the budget for the Austin Powers soundtrack? You're gonna nod in your head like you thought. Uh, it was not right in front of me, but uh, I can pull that up right, over well, this next yeah. song. Yeah. Here. yeah. Uh, track four is uh, a real band. This is uh, the Cardigans with Carnival. Hey dude, uh, SAC is real. Strawberry Alarm Clock is real. Okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> The budget for the film was sixteen point five million U.S. dollars. Okay, so that's standard, pretty standard. <laughs> ah, I love that song, Cardigans. Thanks, Cardigans. Yeah, this is uh, the Cardigans have popped up a, f- a couple times. Yeah. And there was there was We've one had... episode that I think got scrubbed, yeah, but uh, we trashed an episode. We shall not speak of it again. This we did is... an episode of the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack think that... that we may put out someday. It's an episode so, by any other name. It's a bonus track. Uh, <laughs> there was too much Boz, not enough Lerman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think uh, outside of Love Fool, this is probably the best Cardigan song that we've heard on the soundtrack. I'd agree. I think it's really good. It, I'd argue Love Fool is their best song, and this may be their second best. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge Cardigans guy. It might be the second best. Yeah, Love Fool was the one in Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a classic song. It's great. And we've also there was another soundtrack that I think Love Fool didn't make it on the soundtrack, but it been was in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah, it was yeah. Life Less Ordinary or one of those. Yeah, we've, we've been like circled by Cardigans the whole time. We should yeah. start a database. <laughs> <laughs> now we should. <laughs> We'll let our like we'll let the obsessive fans do that for us. I and mean, that's that's really the way to do it. <laughs> All of our obsessive fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually this soundtrack, I mean it's nineteen ninety seven, it's right in our sweet spot and it has a lot of repeat offenders. Like we have Matthew Sweet already, we have uh, the Cardigans. This is uh this is a real standard episode, guys. <laughs> it's shaping up. <laughs> Got some exciting music here coming up too if you want to hear track five. I'd love to hear track, track five. five. Track five is Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66 with Mosquenada.
good, good stuff from Sergio Mendez. Chris has a big, yeah, big Chris grin looks on like his he face. wants to say something. So, uh, <laughs> like, um, coincidentally, the week leading up to today, I heard this in like a in a restaurant, and I was like, "What is it? What is the name of this song? Oh, I love this song!" And then like I was searching like "ba" song. Spanish bot like it's a beach song like I could not find it. It was me and my girlfriend eating dinner, and I was like, "What is this?" And then for, for the listeners, how long have we been planning on doing the soundtrack? We've uh, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, but I didn't do my research all today. Right, get off my back, guys. Sound like everyone else in my life. Jeez. So this is like a little bit of a Brazilian bossa nova standard. It was uh, actually originally written recorded by uh, Jorge Ben, I think. George Bain. George, George Bain. Bain. George Bain. George Bain. George Bain. Uh, many, many versions. This is the definitive version. This is like, uh, there's also a version with Black Eyed Peas attached. We don't have to listen to yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we got 17 tracks, so. <laughs> the the, the, the title is like a colloquialism. Yeah, it means more than nothing. What is it? I think the way that it's used in, uh, in like Brazilian Portuguese is like saying whatever, or like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Just like oh, filler. Yeah, yeah. George Bain? Is that how you say George Bain. George Bain. Okay. I will say, Kelsey was like, just call Caleb and sing the song and he'll know it. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not Shazam. <laughs> yeah, but I, for the life of me, explain. I'd be like, a ba song oh, plus yeah. beach. Baria I think it's Spanish. <laughs> ba, ba. There's some interesting uh, t- tidbit yeah, about Brazil '66. They this that song had gotten them pretty successful, and they had a version of the song "The Look of Love" that is also featured on the yeah. soundtrack that um, really like catapulted them up into the stratosphere at the time. And they have a version of The Look of Love, which was originally written by Burt Bacharach and Hal David. And that song, The Look of Love, was apparently Mike Myers' original. He heard that song and questioned himself and was like, what happened to the swingers? And it served as his original inspiration for coming up with this character for Austin Powers. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he got kind of what he wished by putting him on the, on the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to the swingers, guys? Yeah, where did all the swingers go? Was this before or after you watched the movie Swingers? <laughs> I'm going to say after. <laughs> after? Yeah. We like, cover Favreau yeah. Core yeah. in one of our episodes. <laughs> yeah, it turns out they're all in like weird LA nightclubs yeah. <laughs> and then crying about their ex girlfriends later on. What happened to bowling shirts? <laughs> yeah. There was also a so- version of uh, The Look of Love. The, maybe the most ABCs? famous version of it before this Brazil 66, the one by Dusty Springfield. Yeah. It was featured in the spy comedy film Casino Royale in the 60s. Oh. Yeah, that was the... Uh, the original Casino Royale. The yeah, the, one, the yeah. jokey one. With the like funny Wood, one. Woody Allen. And... It's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a trailer. I haven't seen it, but the trailer, I was like... Yeah, I've watched part of it. I found it really off-putting. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Big gasp of air. Yeah. Working through this soundtrack yeah, here. This feels like work, but mm-hmm. it's good. It's a good yeah. soundtrack. We are pulling right up to track six. This is Space with Female of the Species. Here we go. The Fimbot mix. Yeah. Like 
I, rem I remember this song really vividly. Like this, this got radio play where I was going, where I was living. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And this is again when I was talking about the Edwin Collins. I didn't like, know that you grew up in Liverpool. Weird, uh, the, the revival thing. Like that's like, it's like kind of Tom Jonesy, like uh, Neil Diamond music, but with yeah. kind of like spy sounds because that was this. It was it was they were, they were emulating when that no because it was when Bond was coming out. That was the music that was kind of popular, or one of the types of music that was popular in Britain at the time, and so it kind of got baked into those like early Bond films. I think. Hmm. Oh, they have a space has a song that they got popular for called "The Ballad of Tom Jones." Oh, well, they're like a '90s band. Yeah, yeah. Started, yeah, yeah. And and I think most of their stuff is more kind of uh, conventional alternative rock. I listen to and some of it, and like it their... sounds a little bit like Blur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, mean, I think everything the evil drummer. <laughs> I think I read that the 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 impetus for this track is that uh, the lead singer or whoever was the songwriter was like wanted to do something for their dad where it's like kind of like oh i want and i was like what, what are you working on and he was like oh i wanted to like do something in the vein of like the music that my dad used to listen to yeah wow i i, oh. I read <laughs> i did read about this band that they uh crowdfunded a uh, album in 2014 oh no <laughs> and they decided to name it attack of the 50 foot kebab so wow. think about like donating to your favorite band and to help them, get back. and that's what you get back, and you're like, <sighs> that's like giving them ten thousand dollars. Kind of a middle finger <laughs> to everyone that donated. <laughs> we decided to name it Attack of the Fifty Foot Cabin. Is that even a part? Aren't you proud? I don't know. And there's <laughs> Attack it? of the Fifty Foot Woman, which yeah. is like a bad so movie. It's a kind of play on words. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Nick. What do we got next? I'm peeking ahead at track seven. Oh. <laughs> track seven is a returning band to the pod. Uh, the Lightning Seeds. Yeah. With You Showed Me. Seeds making a previous appearance on the Clueless soundtrack. That's what I was going to ask you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're great. Everything I've heard from them has been good so far. Yeah. Really club loungy sort of music, you know? Right. Well, uh, dare we say trip hop? <laughs> that was, <laughs> was going to say. Trip -hop. First of all, I think that's a cover of a turtle song. Am I oh, right really? Um, what, was the what was the title of that track? You Showed Me. You Showed Me. I'll look into it, but, uh, it's also, the, if you look at the list of associated acts, uh, it's like Big in Japan, I think, was the original band. And then they became Lightning Seeds, but they also, like, some members were in Echo and the Bunnymen, all the way up into, like, the, there was a band called The Coral when I was in college. Yeah. It was really good, kind of part of the uh, Franz Ferdinand. Yeah, Ian, Ian Broody, I think, is the guy that we previously talked about who produced yeah. some other acts, including Echo and the Bunnymen. Good job, Ian. Good job, Ian. Making good Crushing stuff. It. Yeah, that's a turtle song from the 60s. The turtles. Turtles. They sang... Um, Happy Together. You and me. The 60s, like, kind of, uh, <laughs> definitely, like, a, uh, I think it was an American group, but trying to be, like, a Beatles-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Influenced by the 
monkeys of their day, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say influenced by the record label who put them together to make a Beatles record. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, getting excited about this next track here. Oh, wait, this what? This is um, Quincy Jones and his orchestra with Soul Bossa Nova. song. <laughs> I don't remember this part. <laughs> it's funny, I like, when I think of, uh, like, if somebody was like, oh, that Austin Powers song, this is what I would think of. Right. Um, as we listen to the soundtrack, we're going to get to many other Austin Powers songs. True. Uh, but <laughs> this is the true. one that stuck with me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's from Quincy Jones's um, album from 1962 big band bossa nova which is a total gem yeah 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 oh man check I mean, that out if you haven't heard it. it's all like this it's really fun yeah. quincy is awesome that's a fun that's a fun song i do remember uh Ludacris sampled it for uh oh, i no. guess maybe the third movie or something he had a Does song that, that appeared on that it quica sound in it <laughs> <laughs> i remember it really like like the sample didn't sound good. Like it was like it was like too much noise. And I was like, uh, like they were forcing the sample pretty hard. That's yeah, amazing. I think that it was used as uh, the theme song to a game, like Canadian game show, that's and that's right. like where uh, where it made its its way to a young Mike Myers. Okay, can we talk about Mike Myers' decision to be a uh, a British host on the Gong Show? I, you can talk about oh, this. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know much about this. It's except one, for what you have talked to me. It's about. one of the weirdest things that has ever happened. And I, I think you showed me this when we were uh, living together a couple I, of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not too long. That wasn't a couple of years ago. Uh, it was maybe yeah, two okay. years. No, ago. I think it was last a couple year. hours ago. <laughs> Just moved out. <laughs> yeah, I remember you showing this to me, and it was uh, pretty insane. Um, so he decided to just be like a part, like the not not even the host, but like the side. It was uh, Will Arnett's show. Yes. Will Arnett was the host, rebooting the gong show. And then he was denying the fact that that was him. <laughs> or not denying it, but just like pretending to be a character and not yeah. saying anything about it. And then he had like a fictional background. And like I get why like his comedy brain told him to do that. But then like after a year, people were like, yeah, like we know it's you. <laughs> You're also famous for doing like prosthetic character, like... Just say it's you. And then he finally was like, yeah, okay. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think about Myers a lot in, uh, in that there's like a, like a monkey paw version of fame that I feel like only really happens to a few comedians where you get like so famous, but also you get famous for something that someone wants to yell at you about. Oh my God. Where like only really like him, Jim Carrey, Dave Chappelle during like... If every frat guy, if you're walking down the street and every frat guy's like, do you make me horny? And yeah. you're just like, Shagadelic, baby! You're, you're, just, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, I can't go anywhere without people yelling catchphrases at me. Yeah. Like, what that must do to you. Oh, man, it's got to be a nightmare. It's, an, it's a living, it's got to be a living nightmare. Because if you're like George Clooney, you're like, you're super fucking famous. Yeah. Everybody just wants to fuck you. 
Yeah. But if you're Mike Myers, you're super famous. Everyone's, everybody wants to yell at you the thing that you said. And you're like, yeah, I know. I said it. I don't need to hear it all the time. Hey, Jim. Smoking. Yeah. Huh? Remember that? Remember you said that? And like, yeah. It caught, like, I think that's the real reason that Chappelle was just like, ah, I'm just leaving. Yeah. I'm just leaving. I don't yeah. want to do this. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Um, just so getting sorry. back to Quincy Jones for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah sir. I'm just reading another portion of that Vulture interview that he did. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a great, if you haven't read this Vulture The thing interview. that I didn't pick up on, Please I guess the it. first time I read, you know, he has that funny bit where the interviewer says, what were your first impressions of the Beatles? And he's like, they're the worst musicians in the world. They're no playing motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, Paul's the worst bass player I've ever heard. Ringo, don't talk about it. But then... <laughs> It, you know, that's a funny story in and of itself. And then after that, he, uh, the interviewer says, were there any rock musicians you thought were good? And he was like, I used to like Clapton's band. What were they called? The interviewer says Cream. And he's like, yeah, they could play. But you know who sings and plays just like Hendrix? Paul Allen. And the interviewer's like, the Microsoft guy? He's like, yeah, man, I went on his yacht. And him and, him and David Crosby and Joe Walsh and Sean Lennon. Like at a jam and like, man, that guy, Paul Allen, yeah. can sing and play like Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he's got that computer so, brain. There's videos on YouTube of Paul Allen. Oh man, oh, man. it's it's so Paul silly. Allen, he this whole away interview. Recently. Did he really? Yeah, kind of unexpectedly. Well, to the public. There's also the name. Rest of in of Paul. Him. Rest in Paul, dude. What? <laughs> Is one that, of the top execs at Microsoft could just. Shred. Totally shred. <laughs> well, he he like retired a while ago. I think oh, yeah. from the, so. He's just been he was like living the life. Oh, well, he yeah. he owned so the uh, owned the Seahawks and uh, the Blazers. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. It's modern day Jimi Hendrix. So Quincy, what is going on oh, in this man. interview? When, when you get like to be on that yacht, <laughs> David Cross. When you've been rich and famous for decades, you become such a fucking weirdo. Uh, yeah, you just like yeah. can't like. Like, oh, yeah, I remember the Beatles. They couldn't play. But uh, I've been around some musicians lately. They're billionaires. Yeah. It's totally insane. <laughs> uh, Steve Baumgartner was his name? Or or Steve Baumer? Oh, the guy that owns the Knicks? Or, or he, was the, a, he was a Microsoft exec? Um, well, I have, I have, like, a related story. I, turns I'm not gonna, he's a great drummer. I'm not going to get the facts right, but... Uh, there's a guy who owns, I think, the Knicks and therefore uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I think that I think I'm thinking of the right person. Um, he like he has a band, <laughs> and he like a lot of times he'll book concerts and book his band as like the opening act. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah, that's how you, yeah. That's how, <laughs> that's how the Strokes pretty got soon, famous. Pretty soon, pretty uh, soon, all the musicians are going to be billionaires. <laughs> Wasn't it the Strokes would just buy out Radio City Music Hall because, uh, what's his name's dad? Oh, Hammond? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I mean, was it Hammond? Because I think, uh, I think Albert Hammond Sr. was, uh, didn't, what, wasn't he, like, writing for the Hollies, or? I think so. I think he was part of the, the group that sued Radiohead for, uh, Creep. Oh, yeah. We'll, get to, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Track nine from a mysterious band. Uh, this is luxury with these days. This is just another 
There's a few bands out there called Luxury from different cities. There's, yeah, I saw, there's one in Boston. There's, there's one, one in, in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. But this is um, definitely a like an British. oasis. Like, yeah, yeah. You can te- is, you can hear uh, his accent. I mean, this they list the songwriters on um, you know Discogs, but I I couldn't find a single. <laughs> Piece of information about if this. only there were a, a, a like British that, a British alternate spelling of luxury, we could get to the bottom of this. Like XXX. There's an E at the end. <laughs> they were probably, you know, maybe put together okay. you know, to write a song for the movie, perhaps. Yeah. But um yeah. Very, uh, I, I don't mind just enigmatic. fucking leaving this one in the dust. Yeah. yeah we yeah. don't have to talk about it, man. You know, I was in London last weekend. I probably should have done my research and then tried to find some of the people to talk to. But instead, there was one French guy that yelled at me, and uh, I told him to listen to the podcast, and that's about it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, we'll be watching those uh, stream analytics. Yeah, we'll see if he checked it out. His Scottish friend was, she was lovely, but he himself was, like his Scottish uh, co-worker was talking to Kelsey, and they were like having a great time, and then like he was just telling me why Americans and America is terrible, and I was like, yeah, okay, I don't want to fight with you right now, like... Anyway, my podcast is... <laughs> you think we like it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, does that bring us to track 10? We are coming up on track 10. This is a... Well, things are not what they seem with this uh, title here. This wait, is the... What the... <laughs> this is the James Taylor Quartet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah with yeah. Austin's theme. Yeah. Over trouble. <laughs> oh no, it's a fire flame. Fire flames on the British, uh, British band yeah. in the 80s. Um, they did a funky version of the song from the movie Blow Up. The song Blow Up by Herbie Hancock oh, from yeah. the movie Blow Up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, but I listened to that and it's a very similar, <laughs> you know, kind of funky spy vibe. You know, uh, goblin like, spy music. <laughs> goblin spy music. <laughs> I like the idea of being brought in, and be like, the movie's Austin Powers. We need an Austin Powers song. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's like I'm, we're going to be the ones to make the Austin Powers song, and uh, and we're James Taylor <laughs> quartet uh, yeah. but, uh, for James Taylors. Yeah. You just get like too many. We're Taylors. the Cat Stevens three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just can't name yourself that. Yeah, you can't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say that uh, you get like overshadowed by much like better songs <laughs> that become the Austin Powers song. Yeah. Yeah. And it works probably great for what it is, like a very stereotypical spy song. I saw, a, um, I guess they do like Amoeba Records did a thing like What's in Your Bag or something like that. Oh, yeah. Did you ever no, watch those? I've watched some of those. Mm-hmm. And Eric Andre was like, uh, like one of the things he said, uh, and he's a you know, totally normal person, except when he plays a crazy person, which is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a, he's a Berkeley yeah, uh, yeah. school he was, music guy. He's a, a Berkeley bass player. So I, um, you know, I was like kind of tuning in intently, and he was talking about like, oh, I just look for like really old uh, Italian action movie soundtracks, and like the crazier the cover looks, like the better <laughs> the music usually is. And so like I definitely did that for, I think weeks was just scroll YouTube for all these. Like bizarre attack, like Italian action movie films. 
Anyway, but and they're great. It's yeah. all like it's all sounds like that. You know? It's all like. <laughs> Thank you, James Taylor Quartet, for all your for all your hard work and your creative name. He's seen fire. He's seen flame. He's seen Austin Powers. Man of mystery. <laughs> I think Caleb might have a little game for us coming up soon. Yeah, maybe. Is, that, probably, is that right? Uh, that's right. I think we should maybe take a break first. Take a little uh, breather. Hear, hear a message from our non-existent sponsors. Yeah, yeah. baby. Oh, no. Shagadelic. Shut up. Remember? Shut up. <laughs> Remember that in the movie? Shut up. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. Uh, please like and subscribe and make sure to rate and review on iTunes. That's important. Spotify, you can also find us there. Caleb? Uh, we really appreciate it. And also we're on social media if you want to find us on Twitter. That is at TracklistingPod. And I think you can find us on Instagram. Instagram is TracklistingPodcast. And I think we actually might have an old-fashioned website. Oh, TracklistingPodcast.com. <laughs> and uh, no Facebook. <laughs> No Facebook allowed. Sorry, Mark. Too old. You ruined our democracy! Thanks for listening. We love y'all. Welcome back to Austin Powers. Yeah, but that, I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> oh my god, I'm horrified about what's going on right now. International Man of Mystery. Alright, uh... Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Before we get back into the soundtrack, uh, I prepared a game for the two of you. Wait, <laughs> was that a British face you were doing, Chris? Yes. I was about to do some Dr. Evil stuff, but then oh. I was like, man, you know what? I think right. I'm already... Some Michaels. <laughs> yeah. Mm, Scott. Okay, before we, before we get back into it, uh, I've prepared a, a new game, actually, for you guys, so you guys don't know how this goes. New uh, game sound effect. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this game is called uh, yeah, the slide whistle. <laughs> I call this game Blurred Lines. So you'll uh, oh. this is a game about oh. a game after of, the controversial song. This is a game about uh, mus- musical <laughs> plagiarism. Okay, okay. Okay. So uh, for round one, so uh, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. We're gonna play a clip, and then I'll ask you a question. Uh, so in 1986, uh, there's a songwriter named Desmond Child. He wrote a song for Bonnie Tyler called If You Were a Woman and I Was a Man. And uh, Interesting. He wasn't satisfied with how well the song charted, and so he went on to write another song the same year that you might be more familiar with. Oh. So, uh, so we're going to hear a clip of Bonnie Tyler, If You Were a Woman and I Was a Man, and then you guys are going to tell me if you uh, can guess what the song, the second song was. Very cool. Very cool. Great job this on song these is, uh, All right. This, this game is like less about making you guys look like idiots. Uh, I'm hoping that you get everything right. Yeah, because I'm kind of tired of that, to be honest, Caleb. Uh, you know my whole family listens to this podcast, and uh, I'm bringing shame right, Shut up. <laughs> shut up. All right. Fine. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, man. Right. Bonnie Tyler. So this is round one. Clue number one. If you were a woman and I was a man, would it be so hard to understand that our hearts are hot and we do what we can? If you were a woman and I was a man, I think I know. I I know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so. Caleb just choked on his own beer. Uh, that, that song did not go down right. Yeah. Oh man, went God. down the wrong hole there. Yeah. What did you guys think of that, uh, Bonnie Tyler? I mean, it sounds like the exact same thing as a, a song I'm thinking of. You give love 
a bad name. Yeah, Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. Bon Jovi. Uh, bon Jovi. Uh, I should also say Desmond Child wrote uh, "Dude Looks Like a Lady." Uh, okay. <laughs> a okay. Bit. So that's uh, similar. He was, you know, he was kind of into. <laughs> I guess gender bending, <laughs> as it were. I don't know. All right, well, let's let's hear the answer. Let's get a little. It's got to be Jove. It's this be. is round one. Answer. You give love. My name. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Five. Shagadelic, baby. Yeah. <laughs> These songs came out the same year. <laughs> they came wow. out the same year. <laughs> what year was this? 1986. Okay, there we go. Jesus. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but what, what do you do if you're Bonnie Tyler? And you're just like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. But have we been saying it wrong the whole time? Is it Bon Yovi? It's Bon Yovi. It's bon Yovi. gotta be Bon Yovi. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, good right, job. Good We're job. moving, moving right. on to round two. This is... Right. Um, this no might, need for the Jeopardy music. This might on be this a one. little bit more difficult, but uh, I put this in because these are two songs that I actually really, really like. Okay. Um, so speaking of, uh, could you, you'll have to help me with pronunciation again. It's uh, George Yin Bin. George Bain. George Bain or George Bin. So uh, George Ben. So jo- George Bain. <laughs> in 1972, this is probably six or seven years after he wrote the song that uh, we heard earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a song called Taj Mahal. So this song. Uh, uh, another artist uh, had admitted to maybe a hazy carnival spent in Rio, where he, uh, <laughs> in an auto, in a 2012 autobiography, he uh, in quotes unconsciously plagiarized a song, possibly. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Uh, I think that happens. Honestly. So, so let's hear. Let's hear a clip from uh, Taj Mahal by it? George Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Round two. Clue number I have my answer. So the song, the answer is a 1979 song, if that helps. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, let's have Nick answer first, because he's giving me those dead eyes, like he doesn't know what we're talking about. Mm, I can't quite, I, I can recognize it, I can't quite put my finger on it. I should say that the uh, the answer also apparently borrowed a string arrangement from a Bobby Womack song. <laughs> okay, alright, so just so, play, we're finding out music is just budge. plagiarism all around. No one's original, no one's oh, yeah. ever written anything they've ever... No. Actually, come up with, and if you're the Black Keys, <laughs> <laughs> sue them, baby. sue them all. <laughs> all right, Nick, you got nothing on that? Yeah, I got all nothing right, Chris, for the moment. Chris, what do you I, think? I think it's Rod Stewart. If you think I'm sexy, all right, let's slow mo version. Let's hear the round two answer. Okay, I think you're right. Boom. Good job, Darden, on that. Good job, Darden. Also, I mean, Caleb loves Rod, so. He's a real Rod boy. <laughs> Rod. Ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job. Not my favorite Rod era, but I love some Bobby Womack string arrangements. I like the oh, faster version. All right, uh, one, one last round. So right. round three. Okay. This is a little bit of a more recent song. Uh, so 2016, this is a song called American Pharaoh by Jace Harley. 
Mm, um, all course. I'm going to say about this is uh, <laughs> yeah. when a song came out uh, last year, 2018, uh, Jace Hartley uh, tweeted, this song is three years old and we have the Pro Tools files to prove it. <laughs> all right. All right. Weird flex, but okay. All right, let's hear American Pharaoh. This is the clue. This is round three. First clue. What you say? Up in the morning. Broke all my chains. Money's my language. But I'm nobody's slave. Open my eyes. See the crabs in the barrel. I get it. I'm on the rise. An American pharaoh. I'm young and I'm black in America. They try to attack and embarrass us. Y'all don't want your daughters to marry us. But they let us think so what's ever the... I found my game. Found yeah. my game. <laughs> Are we talking uh, like this is America? Is that? Uh, that's I think what I that's think. where my head's at. I think it's Childish Gambino. Yeah, this Charles is America, Gambino. aka Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is America. America. You guys are locked in. Let's hear the I'm answer. Gonna, I'm gonna say the same thing. Round three. Right. Two out of three, Chris. Yeah. Three out of three, baby. Yeah. Killed me on that one. I will say that uh, the plagiarized version is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the music video of this was like oh, yeah. undeniably one of the coolest things oh, that came out in 2018. But the song, the song itself, I think you know, it's it's hard to separate the two. I would say. That's true. All right, um, good game, Caleb. Thank yeah, you. Great thank game, you Caleb. Yeah, cheers. Slurred lines. I'm glad that worked. We'll, we'll, we'll do that again someday. You got some more in the reserves over there? Yeah, yeah. Let's do another one right now. I'm going to stretch out. I think this is the first time we've done a game. You guys are both smiling. <laughs> All right, I'm good, man. I'm going out tonight. Well, yeah, that one, it, it was less of uh, you intentionally trying to like mess with my mind. Uh, with Yeah, with the previous games in which you... You know, made me answer wallflowers or smash Everybody, mouth. Uh, you know, it, Chris is glowing. He looks ten years younger. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, uh, I think this, Nick, that kind of goes nicely into, into this next track. Actually, uh, we're picking up on track eleven. This is the Divinals with "I Touch Myself." There we go. Yeah. So I am glowing. Is Take that, Fembots. Remember that part? Yeah. I think that this song was popularized by this movie, if I'm not mistaken. No. No. Okay. This was, it was, when I was yeah. very okay. young, this was a huge hit. And okay, all right. Immediately. <laughs> Shut down. Shut it down. Right. What, do uh, what do you got? Uh, no, it, it, may, it got a bunch of airplay because it was a little risque. Uh, yeah. What was it, uh, early, early 90s? I think this might have been 1990. Yeah. Um, it was one of those things where I was just old enough to have heard it everywhere, and so it makes it like uh, very just like kitschy and like yeah. <laughs> I was sick of it then, and I'm still kind of sick of it. I got it. It's like an undeniably like a it's a it's a pop hit. It's a pop hit. Um, it's a pop hit. Pop hit. I will say, uh, back in Texas, um, a friend of mine sang this song on a karaoke. And and just uh, did it deadpan, mm-hmm. and it is terrifying. <laughs> like, I don't want anybody else. I don't, I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I touch myself. This when one. I think about you, I touch my I touch myself. I touch myself. 
there's like a, there's yeah. a part oh, where it repeats, yeah. and it's like <laughs> it's, it's pretty frightening. It's pretty oh frightening. yeah, it'd be tough to gender bend this song. Yeah, no, if it's a guy singing it, everyone's like, no, no, next. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that song. And that's, of course, the part where Austin Powers has to turn on the uh, the mojo to beat the fembots and their heads explode and stuff. And my <laughs> sister, who was six when she watched this movie, didn't quite understand what happened. When you describe it, it's even funnier, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so imagine imagine Mike Myers, and then he rips his... And he has, he has a lot of hair. He has way more hair than you think he would. And his teeth. Remember his... <laughs> I like you kind of like drunkenly telling Yeah, he has a lot of hair. He's got a lot of hair. Got a lot of hair. You guys watching this movie? <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we got? What do we got coming up on the soundtrack? Coming up on the Austin Powers soundtrack is track twelve. This is a very silly thing we're getting into here. This is uh, the Mike Flowers pops with "Call Me." If you're feeling sad and lonely. There's a service I can render Tell the one who loves you only I can be so warm and tender Call me, don't be afraid You can call me <laughs> I like this song <laughs> So Mike Flowers Pops, British, easy listening Um formed in 1993 nice. it's kind of like a little bit of like a jokey kind of band yeah what's yeah. going on and with all these bands they, uh, they got famous uh covering wonderwall right yeah i looked into it this whole wonderwall thing is pretty funny wonderwall was like two years before that yeah yeah it was like one of those were, so were they, like a lounge act covering contemporary oh, clearly they are you know like doing the throwback homage style you know yeah and <laughs> They did a cover of Wonderwall, and they Oasis was accused of ripping ripping off Wonderwall. Oh yeah! <laughs> after this People band did a cover like an of it, yeah. And this this hilarious uh, guy on BBC, Chris Evans, heard oh, the yeah, song and, and, and made it single of the week, telling listeners that this was the original version, <laughs> <laughs> leading people Just to believe that, that yeah. Noel Gallagher and uh, Liam Gallagher had ripped this song off from Mike oh, Flowers. And there's a clip of them uh, that I found talking about it. Let's just get a little snippet of that. Yeah. Mike Flowers Pops covered it as well. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on Radio 1, when they first played it, said that they'd found the original Wonderwall. They played it on Radio 1, as, and the premise was, ah, they're a blagging bastard. They found this tune from the 50s. I got a fucking phone call. I was in the States off someone going, did, um, you know Wonderwall? And I'm going, oh yeah, man, yeah. And they're going, you did write that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Got a phone call. You got a phone call because of it. You write that. Yeah. 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 And I said, yeah. And he hung up. Dude. And that's the end of the story. What a, what a fucking gifted storyteller. He's uh, very eloquent. I should say that Call Me is an old song. That's a cover of an old song. But an old song that probably sounded very similar to that. I want to say that's the... Was that when they were he was on the plane and he's trying to seduce uh, uh, Elizabeth Hurley? Probably. And then like switches the so switches the uh, the switch on and then like it's the rotating bed and he's like oh I've fallen again. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie, it's man. It's here. It's apparently forty percent, thirty to forty percent is improvised, uh, says Mike Myers. Huh. 
He wrote it. He wrote it. We're still going to do that Oasis episode that we talked about where we just cover all the fights between (laughs) the brothers. Just their Twitter war with each other. Gosh. Amazing. (laughs) He's a potato. It's like, like, (laughs) I mean, I remember having like drag out fights with my brother in middle school. Yeah. And imagine if you just never graduated from that and you were like in a band with them. Yeah. I think the story is that one of them is the gifted songwriter and one of them is the good looking guy with the good hair. Yeah. And so you can see why they would fucking Ooh. hate each other. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Uh, <laughs> what are we are we uh We are we are uh, track thirteen. <laughs> Coming in full circle. This is uh Susanna Hoffs hmm. with The Look of Love. Oh the look of in your eyes a look your smile can't disguise so this is uh, famously written by Burt Bacharach yeah this is what we were talking about before Dion Warwick I think famously Dion Warwick's Dusty Springfield Dusty Springfield being Isaac the, Hayes, the famous one from Casino Royale Isaac Hayes did a version Diana Krall this is a Sergio Mendez version yeah. there's another yeah. song called The Look of Love by ABC which is yes. a British band. I think that's a cover as well isn't it or I don't not? think so because that's like a very give me 80s. the look give me the look oh. of love this, <laughs> this is the a terrible but this is the dusty springfield version <laughs> okay. from casino royale i love dusty springfield tell me more about dusty springfield because i you know when you talk about blue-eyed soul she's uh a British lady, great voice. Uh, famously, I think "Son of the Preacher Man" was like, is I think the song of hers that stuck around the most. Yeah. Okay. That's "Son of a Preacher." Okay. I think she's got a bad thing going for her because uh, when I think Dusty Springfield, I think '80s Southern wrestler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I can't yeah. imagine that's her real name. I think it was I think her, her you know, she <laughs> obviously <laughs> loved like uh, Motown and like early soul. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's a very conspicuously American name. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to like try fucking D-British Shannon <laughs> Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> you also get a little taste of the Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66, the look of love. Dang. So many looks of love. I mean, Burt Bacharach was... He's one of those songwriters that everybody did all of his songs. Burt Bacharach, ladies and gentlemen. On the bus. Right. A lot of of versions of that song. And um, I guess the version on this soundtrack featuring Susanna Hoffs, you know, from the Bengals. Hmm. Uh, I mean, from Ming T, I think. Ming T. Ming T. Bengals, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Pick your poison there. So, yeah, what what was going on in that scene in the movie where like Burt Backrack is on the That's when he's the really bus. charming Elizabeth Hurley right. when she's falling in love with him. Right. He's showing her that uh like he really he can really get any lady uh he so chooses. 
That is, uh, as far as covers go, from a scale of one to wallflowers, that is a wallflowers cover. (laughs) Where it's like, we could have had just the actual version of the song, but we just re-recorded it for no reason. Yeah, just to do it. Jacob Dylan, like... It's a little bit bit worse with, like... like, uh, Did you write that? Yeah. It's I don't like, know if that's what he sounds like. But I, I got a phone call. Yeah. Jake like, when is like, he British? Yeah, Jake British. Was like, uh, I got a phone call, and they were like, "Did you write that song?" And you're like, "Nah." <laughs> it's like you actually heard Jacob Dylan talk, and he was like, "I got a phone call." <laughs> well, that's my my Jacob Dylan impression. Is my like, Jacob Daddy. Dylan, Daddy. It's, it's I, like want to, new, I want to do a song now, Daddy. It's like a new Mattel toy, like my Jacob Dylan. My Jacob Dylan. <laughs> Says different things about the record industry and squeeze the stomach. It's just it's it's one of those things like you see. Yeah. Oh man, you really really crack yourself up there. Oh, sorry, the, the allergies are kicking. Uh, it's like instantly you see that he's spelled his name with a K, and you're like, all right, here we go. You know what I mean, you can't. Wait, you think he spelled his own? Name? Oh, you just know the kind of child he would be. He so named himself. Yeah. <laughs> that takes us really nicely into uh, this next track here. This is uh, Burt Bacharach and the Posies with What the World Needs Now. There we go. Oh, that's that's the song playing on the bus. Is Love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only just too little of what the world needs now. You kind of uh, unfairly uh, played the part where the posies are singing, not, not Bert Bacharach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring on Bert! Yeah. Uh, the first half of it, so this is obviously a, it's a cover of his own song. Right. Uh, With the He's doing a collaboration. Yeah, but it was, so he famously wrote it and then uh, it was recorded by... Dan Warwick was the famous version. Yeah, that's the famous famous um, version. Which is like one of the best songs. I mean, it's like from a songwriting standpoint, it's like one it's of the best songs. Um, Dan Warwick's amazing too. And this so. version, it starts off really good with Bert singing his own song, and uh, there's kind of some updated guitars from the Posies guys, uh, Bellingham Washington band. More jangly. Yeah, uh, but then the the vocal duties get handed off to somebody on the Posies, and things take a turn. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> More bangles, less jangles. Yeah. <laughs> the posy, I kind of, I half remember the posies. I don't know anything about the posies. Wa- Washington State power pop band. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think they fashion themselves as a big star. They're probably closer to a gin blossom. Okay. Okay. A lot of bands in the '90s had flower names. Yeah. Bellingham, uh, Washington. Yes, Bellingham, which okay. is uh, practically Canada. <laughs> Yeah, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Canada. Man. Yeah, close to man. Canada. There's so much to say about yeah. it, you know. Golly. Man, sometimes you forget because there's so much, <laughs> you know. I'm glad that I made the joke that killed the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, the joke to end all podcasts. Yeah. All right, what's, what's after uh, the We are coming up on track Fifteen. Wow, really getting up there. Yeah. This one. Uh, this is broadcast with the book lovers. Eyes and eyes, eyes and 
podcast there, uh, who I checked out today, and they actually have a lot of great music. Uh, that's not my favorite track of theirs, but uh, yeah, Broadcast is a band worth checking out, I would say. When, are they, you, when are they from? What's their era? It's a uh, British uh, 90s band. Okay. Yeah, if you um, like Arthur Russell, things of that nature, um, they have some good tracks out there for sure. I was kind of surprised, you know, I was looking them up and... Uh, the, a lot of their music sounds quite different than than that song from the soundtrack. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, that I mean, that definitely seems to be emulating the strawberry alarm clock sort of stuff we heard earlier on. <laughs> strawberry alarm clock. Strawberry man. alarm clock. I love me some strawberry Dude, alarm strawberry clock. Strawberry alarm clock. Dude, you like strawberry alarm clock. What are, I like what, this what, character. What are, these, what are these characters? <laughs> this like it's southern guy that's really it. into like psychedelic. Oh uh, god! I need 60s. I need the listeners to know that I was the only one not doing that character. <laughs> oh man, Mama's into Papa's man. This is Caleb talking. I'm not doing any of the character work here. <laughs> well, I told you about the uh, the stoned ape theory that I have with like uh, you know like southern frat guys right now. Right? No, no, let's get into it. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, please, please, maybe please. for the Joe Rogan Come podcast. On. No, but it's like a lot of guys uh, that are like like southern guys uh, take lsd in college uh thinking it's a party drug and then they like sort of become accidentally enlightened and so oh, you got, no. like, and then, dudes and then like, they start podcasts and it's the joe rogan <laughs> experience <laughs> yes I'm, I'm not oh, kidding it's yeah. like, just like too late like oh man like that man yeah I, I took uh yeah i took like three hits and then like man i noticed that like there's a there's a Infinite universe out there, man. Yeah, like, like, you ever checked out astral projection? <laughs> <laughs> Chris is just like there was a meteorite basically that had like psilocybin, and uh, it came and it crashed into Raleigh, North Carolina, about five years ago. Yeah. Uh, just evil mushroom juice <laughs> yeah. spreading through college campuses. It's like Ghostbusters four. It was a Dave Matthews uh, concert. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing! All right, what are we? What are we looking at now? We are at track sixteen. Yeah, ah. we're doing it. We're getting this up is there. like the Ulysses. Yeah, I know. Of yeah. Yeah, this is a bastard ship, and I will steer us home, guys. Jazz guy, yeah. It's all stream of consciousness for the last forty pages, and, yeah. then, and we're on page twenty-two. Yeah. Like, uh, I did any, a lot any of fans of uh, any fans of Infinite Jest. <laughs> yeah. We got a soundtrack oh, for you. Yeah. We got a like, Foster Wallace. After we finish the soundtrack, we have to get to the footnotes of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been reading the footnotes, start over. Um, <laughs> Go back. <laughs> 16. Track 16 is Ugh. Wonderments with the track Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah! <laughs> I think this is the. Uh... Again, this is like perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like actually better than it should be for what it is. Yeah. But this is the second Austin Powers theme song on the soundtrack. <laughs> There's three. There's well, the three Quincy, now with that's the Quincy what I'm saying. Is the Quincy yeah, yeah. Jones has completely like subsumed the role that these were like commissioned to take. Yeah. When everybody thinks of Austin Powers, they think of that old yeah, song. This was a re- yeah. The Wondermans were a band um, that were invited to contribute to the soundtrack. And I found an interview with, what is this guy's name? Uh, Darian Sahanaja. 
Okay. Um, nice. And what does he have to say? He said, we, sub- we had submitted a track for a Henry Mancini tribute <gasps> called Shots in the Dark. I love Henry Mancini. A great record. Uh, we did the theme to The Party. Mike Myers loved that compilation, and he singled out uh, that song. Um, he thought that they captured the vibe of the character, and they got a call from Mike Myers, and he said, I've got this script. Let me know what you think. Um, they wrote the song on the spot. Everyone loved it. Uh, people think that it was calculated. It was not very calculated. It was the most natural and successful thing that ever happened to us. Oh, yeah. well, that's great. Pretty wild. Well. That's so great. The beginning of the story made it sound like you were going to be like, they randomly asked us to submit some songs, and they picked the one that was about Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We came up with the song. <laughs> Yeah, we, we had just, never heard of his character in yeah, Austin Powers. Like, wow, what? This is crazy. He's <laughs> so calculated. I, I believe in the in the movie that was uh, used in the transitions. So if you remember in the first movie, oh, everyone and so while, everybody's just like uh, it'd be those go go dancing. Like, yeah, like the weird sixty like late sixties transitions. Austin Powers, yeah, and then like you know zoom up on his teeth or something. But or like the the sitting and meditating with like the hundred arms behind you that sort of thing. I gotta say, this might be the first soundtrack I've ever heard that has two theme songs. Yeah, it's good. There's like, let's see what sticks. Let's throw four theme songs and then like, yeah, whatever. We'll throw them on the movie. Save that thought for. Um, oh, sorry, I had to mute my mic. Uh, <laughs> sneeze. Yeah. This cold is really getting to me, man. Um, I was gonna say, save that thought for um, after you hear the last song on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's hear it. Final song. Final song. On car song. This is track seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is George S. Clinton. Yeah. With the shagadelic Austin Powers score medley. Not the George Clinton we know. No. Yeah. George S. Clinton. S. Clinton. It's like exactly the same as a Bond song. Yeah, but that definitely was the Doctor Evil theme. You know, it was always. That's like every a, time it cut to Doctor Evil. John there. Barry. There's a guy that did all the early. Uh, Let's Bond just say scores. that this is George Clinton <laughs> Parliament. <laughs> I thought that this was James Taylor. <laughs> the James Taylor trio. James Taylor and George Clinton got together. Yeah, who knew that George Clinton also scored Mortal Kombat, Wild Things. Beverly Hills Ninja, still smoking, <laughs> Cheech and Chong. Yeah, no, he did. He did it all. He did, did it all, it, man. But that's also all like, the rest of the Austin Powers movies as well. It's like having the name Stevie S. Wonder. That was that was like <laughs> that was the Bond sting. It was like bam bam. Yeah. One of my guitar teachers in college, his name was uh, David Gilmore. <laughs> just like poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> all right, get, get this out of here. Get this out. Yeah. We all know how this song. Yeah, you get it. You get it. I just I don't know if we we would get sued by James Bond or Peter Gunn. I don't know who would come after us. Who's gonna sue us? (laughs) It's weird. Actually, the Black Keys sued us somehow. (laughs) They didn't even. It wasn't even one of their songs. If we just unhappy. If we could submit a poll to who do you think which band would sue this podcast first for uh, for infringement of like. Fair use or something like yeah, that. Fringement. Fringement. <laughs> Fair use. <laughs> or infringement. Uh, Good probably question. Probably like Smash Mouth because we yeah, fucking kill we them. So Aerosmith or Smash uh, Mouth. Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, 
personal lawsuit. And All right, guys, we, we fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caleb, like, needs to go to bed early. He's yeah. trying to get us out of here. Caleb's rubbing his eyes, wiping like, his brow. Like, like, get, out uh, my, get out of my studio. Is this the last episode we're going to do at uh, Caleb's apartment? We, we don't might, know we yet. We might do one more. We don't know we yet. Might we might do one more. It's a waiting game studio. right now. Um, you know, we're looking at Troutman Studios. We're looking at Mad Tropical Studios. <laughs> So, oh, this podcast in a bar, <laughs> in a like bar, live setting. All right, God damn it! Let's get to reviews. What are you? <laughs> uh, reviews. Let's do an oh. Uber podcast. <laughs> reviews. Who okay. wants to lead off with the reviews? Uh, Caleb, why don't you lead us off? Lead us. All right. Out of uh, one bastard. zero to fifteen, uh, decimal, decimal points, points allowed. Yes. I I'll give this. So I feel like last week I went into a complicated like uh, money ball like system of uh, <laughs> yeah, like math equations. I was thinking around. about things a little bit differently tonight where I feel like podcasts, uh, these soundtracks, it's like there's the best case scenario is a soundtrack I like want to listen to over and over. Yeah. And then there's soundtracks that I enjoyed listening to a lot. And then there's soundtracks I was like fine with. And then and then it gets into misery. This is a soundtrack I enjoyed a lot. Uh, which puts me in, I'll give it like a 10.2. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, nice. Way better than it should have been for like a soundtrack to a 90s comedy. Um, it's actually, you know, there were some... So if Smash Mouth was on this soundtrack, you would have gone higher. <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? Is that what, is that That's what basically saying? the takeaway I got, yeah, too. Yeah. Is that... <laughs> Just that there was Aerosmith I mean, Okay, the, the covers were were worse than the original songs, but not by a ton. <laughs> the fake bands. Uh, the fake bands weren't that bad. There were 15 theme songs. <laughs> Pretty real. They got worse. Everyone got a little bit worse. <laughs> also, the takeaway I got from uh, Caleb's rating right there was just that like everything you said was positive, and then you were like, ah, 10 out of 15. So uh, you're, like no, the, like you're a- like the mean professor that's like tough in college. It's like, look, you, you're really good. You get a C minus. I <laughs> that's good work. You should be proud of that C minus. <laughs> halfway through, halfway through the soundtrack, I was feeling really good, and then you have to admit that it started to drag. Not just because it was seventeen songs long. That's true. That's um, true. But no. Uh, it's, it's, All right, you know. Chris, why don't you uh, rate this bad boy for us? I think. I mean, there's a lot of um, redeeming qualities about the soundtrack. I think to Caleb's point, um, you know, it's a comedy movie. Like, it shouldn't have that great of a soundtrack but i think it really had they got a lot of good songs i think it suits the movie well i think all the themes all five of the themes be careful what you say here because i'm gonna grade your review after you give it you're welcome to the, grade my the mean, professor. The mean, mean <laughs> professor caleb <laughs> wearing a you, you know, can't have any meat you yeah. can't have any pudding unless you finish your meat <laughs> uh i'm gonna give this a 13 point all right thank you chris for like the austin powers soundtrack and i like the more i listened to this i think i did own this as a kid i really think it did i know i did i think Um, i did i think it was like a stocking stuffer when i was like 10 yeah i mean you get like 10 of them in one stocking yeah yeah i didn't get 10 soundtracks in a stocking what okay (laughs) lucky lucky (laughs) Um, backups man no i mean like um I think there was, yeah, a lot of great songs. I think it captured two eras pretty well. And they did the thing, like, mm-hmm. they brought a lot of bands in from the 90s to capture an era that they weren't part of. And I think they did a pretty good job. So, I and it's memorable. It's very memorable. So, I'm going to give it a 13.1. Very nice, Chris. Great job. 
Come on, Caleb, get rid of a lot. I'm gonna give that review a six. Out <laughs> <laughs> of out of fifteen? Yeah, six. Oh, with decimal on. points. Come on. Come on, man. Decimal stars in the sky. That's I'm, a- I'm just gonna write consistency with a with like an underline. <laughs> Oh Consistency. I will say that's about the most. He uh, writes in with a brown sharpie. It's <laughs> about the most lucid uh, review I've given, to be honest. But well, okay. Man, All right, good. Nick. Nick, this, Nick this is, is a Nick pick. Reading from a, a paper right now. Yeah, I am also. Going <laughs> it's an essay, to, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I should say I've, essay. Gra- I've graded the essay already. Yeah. So, <laughs> in summation, my thesis statement is that yeah. I'm going to go with a 13.3. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, I think this soundtrack is awesome. I'm a big Ming T fan. <laughs> Sergio Mendez, Brazil 66. Amazing. Yeah, Lightning Seeds, always great. Quin- Quincy Jones and his orchestra from 1962. Sorry, did you say Lightning Seeds, always great? <laughs> always great. <laughs> always great. Trip hop. Uh, who could forget James Taylor Quartet? <laughs> <laughs> Cat Stevens trio can't can never forget. Yeah. Divinals great. Mike Flowers pops. Oasis fights. I mean, what's not to love? It, yeah. It's almost. I should just give it a fifteen, but I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go thirteen, thirteen three. Yeah, that's an even worse that's review good. than Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a 13.1. Oh, no, no. Oh, the quality, oh, the of, the quality of the review. Okay. Who needs a critic? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, we gotta, uh, we thanks gotta, guys, uh, for uh, yeah, turning in your yeah, reviews yeah. on time. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh, so now that we've reviewed the, the soundtrack, uh, in honor of the Austin Powers International Man of Mystery soundtrack, we are going to recommend to the track listing Spotify playlist our favorite song with a city in the title. Chris, I don't know why I picked you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, no, teacher, no. This one, <laughs> no. So uh, I will. I'm, I'm going to briefly mention a song that's been stuck in my head, but I do not. I recommend it, but we don't have to play it. It was uh, "Allentown" by Billy Joel. <laughs> Uh, I went to see Billy yeah. Joel live at Madison Square Garden. He plays all the hits. Yeah, all of them. Nice. All of them. Uh, no, it's great. I'm sold. I, I had an awesome time, um, and I heard uh, Allentown for the first time. Oh, that's your first time? For the, well, I, I heard it maybe, but I'd not like really, oh, you know. Okay. And there was a, uh, had to be a divorced man um, who must have bought three seats around him. Fist pumping to Allentown and just sweating through his uh, <laughs> his shirt, his, uh, his button down white shirt. So, anyway, check out Allentown. But uh, second song I chose was uh, uh, by Genghis Khan, uh, and it is Moscow or Moscow. It's okay. a German band. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. Oh, let's hit that let's song. Let's get a little taste. Yeah. Moscow. That's pretty great, man. I'm, I'm into it. I'm like, seriously. Um, for the listeners at home, spell that band name. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I believe, D-S-C-H-I-N-G-I-S-K-A-G-H-I-S. Oh. <laughs> C-minus. So cool. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, the, sorry. They're a German band, 1979, uh, and they were a Eurovision band. 
Uh, <laughs> so it was like really following in the footsteps of ABBA. Yeah. Uh, and they look just like a weirder, more Germany ABBA. <laughs> they come out there and like all dressed in like shiny, um, you know, do you dresses. Have, do you have the year on that? Does anybody have the year? 79. 79. That's fucking um, awesome. And uh, I guess they really leaned into like the Genghis Khan. I mean, it's, it's Genghis Khan in German, but Genghis Khan. Yeah. So they had like another song called Genghis Khan. <laughs> uh, and like, okay, so I discovered this uh, when I was, I mean, probably 14, 15 on E-Bombs World. And it was labeled oh, something. Yes. Shout out to E Bombs World. Shout out to e- pre YouTube. Yeah. E Bombs World. And it was labeled something that had nothing to do. It was like weird song. And I downloaded the video and it was that song. And I. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, okay. Allergic to cats tonight. <laughs> I downloaded that song or like that video. And uh, it had nothing to do with the song, the label. And I didn't know what I was watching. And I was like, what is this? This is so mysterious. And I had it on my computer for like four years. And then finally, like, I saw something else and it was like labeled as Genghis Khan. I was like, that's what it is. They're a band. Like, what was it? <laughs> but if you watch the original, like, or one of the original music videos, you're, you'd be mesmerized. Anyway. Nice. Very good stuff. Very good pick. Thank you. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next if you don't mind. All right, Caleb. Uh, so my pick has a little bit of a convoluted... I picked a few because uh, I figured we might pick one of the same ones, so I got some bad uh, Okay. Uh, mine has a little bit of a convoluted authorship. It's a, it's a song called New York Groove by a British, band, a British glam rock band called Hello. Uh, it was made... I think more famously covered by Ace, Ace Freely. Really? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm I thought guess. it was an Ace Freely original. Like uh, I said, I'm glad I chose a backup. Well, <laughs> it's a hello song. Uh, it, it was like very uh, clearly, clearly cribbed from a Hamilton Bohannon song, like a funk song he came out with uh, the same year called Disco Stomp. So he came out with Disco Stomp, Hello came out with New York Groove, and then he came out like a month later with a song called East Coast Groove. Okay. Uh, gets a little murky, but this is uh, my favorite version uh, by the band Hello, 1975, New York Groove. I almost picked the Ace really. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, gotta choose backups when you're dealing with Caleb, man. <laughs> we all went for New York, and <laughs> it was supposed to be international hey. cities, and we all live here. So. All right. I have a lot of choice, but this is my favorite one. What it feels like to uh, walk down any street in New York at any times. You just <laughs> finger gun everybody. Got two slices of pizza in yeah. each hand. Just fling, <laughs> flinging pepperonis at strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Ace Freely. Ace Freely. Freely? Freely. I've been saying it wrong the it's entire time. Freely I, I think everybody, everybody says it wrong. But. When I saw Kiss live, Ace Freely wasn't even there. Right. Oh really? Yeah, he yeah. he was out of the band uh, like a few years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Paul Stan- uh, Paul Stanley and um, Gene Simmons replaced the other two Kiss members, but they're still dressed as Kiss members. <laughs> so like nobody notices. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, that was a good pick. All right, Nikki, uh, give me uh, just give me the city. Pick, give me the city before you say what it is. I Ooh, wonder if I can guess. See if we can guess. 
Um, well, <clears throat> see, I it's think gonna I'm, really get I'm still work. narrowing in on my choice here. Oh, I thought he would do a New York song, but not the same New York song. Play Allentown by, by Billy Jean. <laughs> yeah. Play the Play Allentown. <laughs> Can you just go lot, ahead and play that real quick? A lot of great choices here. Um, uh, Miami Will Smith was a. Was a <laughs> I almost picked a Fires in Cairo by The Cure, which is really Stockholm good. Syndrome by Blink One Eighty Two. Lubbock or Leave It by the Dixie Chicks. Nice Dixie Chicks. Um, Haven't been on the podcast yet. Rio Duran Duran was a thought. Durant. New York, I love you. That's LCD. what I. That's what I LCD. thought you were gonna pick. Yeah, New York Groovies, Fraley, and all. You know, songs about cities. The song Cities. <laughs> songs with cities in the title. Cities. Cities. By Talking Heads. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the song that I'm going to pick has the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Randy title. Newman, I Love L.A. The band X? Nope. Can we play nope. Randy Newman's I Love L.A.? <laughs> play um, that? Uh, um, to Live and Die in L.A. What do you, what do you got? What is it? All right, I'll uh, I'll fade this in and uh, yeah. you tell me immediately. L.A. Woman? No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, Jim Morrison. Oh, you're. Uh, These guys are cooking. It's hard to remember what this song's called because he doesn't say LA Woman hardly at all. I know, right? <laughs> Not once. I mean, fuck David Crosby, man. <laughs> yeah, what? It's like recently shitting on the doors yeah. on his uh, Twitter account. Yeah, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash is just like calling out every. Tweet at him and be like, what do you think of this band? He's like, eh, they sucked. Nice guy, though. <laughs> Google will search the image of David Crosby at the Hook premiere. <laughs> <laughs> the 1990 movie Hook premiere. Yeah, that Instagram account is Oh my amazing. god. I think that if you were a successful rock musician at the same time as uh, The Doors and you had to like bump into them places, you would be pretty down on them too. You probably wouldn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> they were like a famously terrible live act. Well, we've talked about this, but uh, there's been a resurgence of like hate for The Doors somehow. And like everyone's just like, oh yeah, by the way, that band sucked. <laughs> just so everyone knows, that band forty fucking years ago yeah. still sucks. That's like, the thing hey, that I think is funny is that just like they're they're going back, yeah, so far in time. I, I think it's like, uh, it's, yeah. it's like it's on. a band that's very it's they're very earnest years. and dated, and I think that's, that's what that's why they become a target. Yeah, and because they weren't around very long, and so they didn't have a chance to grow. I mean, Morrison grew a little bit. Grew a little bit in size. Um, yeah, well, you hear that, kids? Don't ever be earnest. Yeah. You know? That's the real lesson here is, like, never, <laughs> yeah, never try earnest, to Learn a lesson from Ming-T. Always have one foot in, one foot out the door. Ah, it's just a comedy bit. Yeah, no, it was a joke. Just kidding. It was all a joke. It's Ming-T theory. <laughs> was it not good? No, oh, then it was a joke. <laughs> it's just... If it was, then I was serious. But... <laughs> Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. All right, to yeah. oh my thanks gosh, everybody, yeah, thanks, thanks, so much. thanks Nick for uh, for a great pick. We'd like to thank uh, Chris for his rating, and oh. we'd like to thank Caleb for his game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. We're gonna get Caleb to give a perfect rating in the next episode. One of these days. Thank you guys. All right, we love you. Bye. See you next time. Bye.